0: Jack Beruzian, founder and chief economist for UCX and chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. And Mike Ozanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media, co-host of Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. Gentlemen, welcome back. This is uh, We're not going to do the Armenian stock market. We're going to do the American <laughs> stock market. <laughs> I just had to put that in. And um, Mike Ozanian... You were right about the Yankees. Holy cow. You know I have to put this in, even though it's not the stock market. Holy cow. They're unbeatable.
1: Yeah, you know, Larry, you and I have been baseball fans for many years, <laughs> and I, I think one of the axioms we would agree on is that pitching is the most important thing in baseball, and the Yankees' pitching has been superb. Their, their earned run average is a full run a game lower than a year ago. Yeah. And... For the last six games, the starters earner on average is below 1.6. You know, you get great pitching day in, day out. You could win very consistently, which is which they've done, even with injuries and with inconsistent hitting. So that's why I'm really, really optimistic on this, our chances this year to win the World Series.
0: Yeah, it looks good. looks real good. I got the Yankees winning, and I got the Rangers winning. I'm a Ooh. diehard Ranger fan, too, so it's all very cool. Now, Mr. Ozanian, uh, the stock market is not winning. What's your take?
1: Uh, I I think uh, we're starting to see a very significant slowdown in the economy. I think we're probably going to get a recession either towards the end of this year, maybe the early part of 2023. I think largely Powell's bungled it for some reason. He's not following the sound fed policy of the 80s and 90s of a stable and strong dollar mm. he should be leaving interest rates alone let the market decide the cost of renting money i mean he's almost begging for a, a economic crash here and and focus on the money supply which is still in, increasing pretty rapidly and that's why i think inflation uh is still the biggest concern and We've been getting, as you just pointed out, Larry, a lot of sort of a mixed bag of economic data, you know, so you could sort of cherry pick, depending on your viewpoint, you know, that the government labor report was pretty good. The ADP report was terrible. The national purchasing manager survey was very good. The regional was horrible. Uh, You know, you can go back and forth, but just keeping it to corporate profits, which I think are the key thing to where this market is heading. I I think margins have peaked, and I think earnings, especially real earnings, uh, growth, I I don't believe the consensus 10% for the next two years. Mm. Uh, And I think a, a sector that may be leading this and telling us something is typically when interest rates start to rise, you see bank stocks do well because of the spread in the net margin between lending and borrowing. It's not the case this time. The Mm. big banks have been doing very bad, and I think that tells us something. Yeah,
0: you know, J.P. Morgan down 18% year-to-date, B of A down 19%, Goldman Sachs down 17%. So you're right about that. Um, Jack Berusion, are you as worried as Michael Zanian?
2: Without question. I think Mike was spot on with his analysis. You know, what we're doing is we're living in the aftermath of policy errors. All mm-hmm. right. It's, these are these are monetary policy errors, energy policy errors. These are errors that, that we should have taken care of six, eight months ago, a year ago. And we and we ignored them. The Fed ignored them. And now we've got a, a Treasury secretary that's saying, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I was wrong. Well, you know, yeah, that, that's great <laughs> that you were wrong. You just destroyed the middle class. But, you know, it's, it's that's the problem that I think that we're having. And all of this volatility that we've experienced, and those of us that are, that are in the markets for 30-plus for years know this, is a warning signal. It's telling us that there is a much more severe move coming. And, you know, it, it, this feels, if anything, every rally that we've experienced feels like a bear market rally. You know, it does not feel with, like there's any conviction. And the other thing that really scares me, Larry, is that every time we've seen the markets really have a severe correction, it's been preceded by a spike in oil. Mm. We saw it back in, in, you know, in 08. We saw it happen. I can go all the way back to to 87 and remember it. I remember it in 90. We always saw oil spiking, and it caused the markets to just have this amazing effect, this ripple effect. And, And I can see it happening now. You've seen demand destruction. We're seeing it happen. And and all of that is working its way into the into earnings. Now you're starting to see people pull back on their earnings projections. Uh, you know, Microsoft even came out and said, hey, I think we're a little too optimistic. You know, we've got retailers that are cutting back. Amazon's cutting back. You've got Tesla cutting back. This is not indicative of a strong market and a strong economy with policies that make business feel good.
0: Yeah, you know, Elon Musk, you mentioned Tesla, Elon Elon Musk kind of pulled the plug on everything. He's cutting back 10% on Tesla and he said what did he say it's a super bad it's a super bad economy and <laughs> Biden didn't like that much. I don't know. I I I would take the over on Musk. I'd take the under on Biden. So I think you guys are probably right. Did you see the uh the Janet Yellen interview on CNN where she, you know, this was her apology interview? I I call it a hostage video. (laughs) It looked like the old hostage videos. Um, It's a very weird time. Look at Mike Ozanian. If the Fed is going to try to conquer inflation at this point, I mean, they're very late behind the curve. Uh, It seems like that will ultimately have to lead to recession. We don't like that. I mean, I'd like to see lots of tax cuts right now and deregulation and open the spigots for oil and get those gasoline prices down. But none of that's going to happen. It's all up to the Fed. And that's uh, in the past. That's a recession prescription.
1: I agree. Uh, And what I see, step back and, and, and look at the forest for the trees. This is an administration that, number one, seems to have boxed itself in. It's committed to anti-growth fiscal policies. And, you know, the Yellen speech, which I did see, and the very sort of, I don't know, bizarre, let's call them, remarks Mm. by the president that slow growth in employment is good. Yeah. uh, When you look at all of that, he seems to want to change this by changing. uh, There's been some reports about the messaging within his administration that's not going to get it done. Uh, we know what gets. We know what works. We know what leads to rising real wages and to rising real corporate profits. It's a stable dollar, and it's fiscal policies with incentives that encourage encourage investment and growth. Even with the revision in for first quarter productivity, it was still down way over one percent, which right. I think is 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 is, is very telling. I was very happy to see in the government job report hospitality come back and some of the other services, which tells me that a lot of the bad stuff that happened because of the pandemic is still uh, leading to some growth in GDP and employment. I think that's positive, and it's great that we're coming back from that. But I think that once that starts to dissipate and – The services and companies that were hit hardest by the pandemic sort of get to employment, which is still going to be tough because it's hard to convince people to come back to work when their Mm. real wages are going to be down. But once we do that, where is the growth going to come from? And the market, while it hasn't crashed, the forward PD price earnings ratio is over the last few months has gone from above 20 Mm. to about 17 and a half. And I think. Uh, it's going to contract some more. I think it's going to probably go closer to 16 mm-hmm. in the weeks ahead.
0: Um, Jack Bruggen, in a worrisome situation, what do investors do? Do you take a shorter term view? Do you take a longer term view? I mean, the, we may see good, positive pro-growth political changes in Washington this November. But then again, that might not stop recession or
2: inflation either. So w- what what should folks do in this environment? I think that people have to be very defensive, at least in the short term. Mm.
0: Um,
2: I, you know, it, it feels to me as if you – know, and my old mentor, Dr. Bing Sung from Harvard, used to say to me, because uh, I, I I used to take care of him and the endowment fund, uh, there are times where you feel like something is going to break. And it feels that way with what's happening with inflation, what's happening with, with you know, with energy prices, especially. Um, and and it's important to keep in mind, uh, you know, that, that there are opportunities out there, but there are times where maybe losing four or five or seven percent in inflation sitting in cash might be the best trade, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we might be at that point right now until things stabilize. Look, if we get an election result in, in November, that, that, that takes us back to where we were, where we could free up you know, seed capital and we see job creation, real job creation and business creation, which is what we saw under the Trump administration. If we get back to that, then you'll see the market take off. But we're not there. What we're looking at right now is a market that is still reeling from what is happening out in Washington. It's reeling from what the Fed has not done. They're in in action over the course of the last nine months. And and now – you know, we're, we're kind of scratching our heads collectively trying to figure out where the safe haven is, Mm. right? It used to be gold, but gold is going down, you know? So the reality is that there are times where we have to just bite the bullet and maybe stick in cash for a few months. And I'm starting Mm. to think that this is the time.
0: Yes. Well, rates, interest rates are going up. So there is a return on cash for a change. Interest rates probably going to go up a lot more. Michael in this kind of environment where you know the fed is going to be fighting inflation and restraining money supply tightening financial conditions going to have an impact on the stock market it's probably going to be like 2 years that's my guess not going to it's not 3 4 months it's going to be several years where can you hide what does an investor do
1: well everything jack said i agree with uh a hundred percent. But you guys have to excuse me with the Yankees and Rangers doing so well. I'm a little <laughs> giddy. So I, I, I made I, this, uh, my, my, my picks may be a little giddy, but I, I, there are two stocks. Actually, I really love right now because I just think they've been beaten down to the point where they're just too cheap to pass up. One is Merck and the other is Chevron. Their forward PEs and yields are far, far more attractive than the market. Their, their forward PEs are both 12, Merck yielding 3%, Chevron over 3%. You know, the, there's a lot of smart fund managers and institutional money that's been snapping up Merck lately. So I, I always kind of like betting on the jockey a little bit in these instances. And, and Chevron, I think, sometimes gets overlooked. You know, there's the sort of unconventional production, which typically involves a lot of horizontal drilling and fracking. It grew to a record close to almost 700,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day down in the premium basement during the first quarter. And, and their output guidance uh, is being increased. Merck's earnings uh, guidance is being increased. I like both of those. The only thing I may disagree with you guys a little bit on is I would still, even though the Fed's raising rates, I, I would still buy a little gold right now. Mm. The uh, gold-to-oil ratio is, is about 155 half. That's uh, historically on the low side, and I and I don't think it's going to ratchet up higher because oil's going to fall. I think it's going to ratchet up higher because gold's going to increase. So I'd still hedge a little bit with gold at this price.
0: And uh, Jack Brusian, do you know anything about i bonds? Saving, you know, Treasury savings bonds that are indexed for inflation.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? They're, they're actually a great investment right now. Uh, You know, they were yielding, I think for three or four months, you were able to get like about 8% for a while there. So um, I I like that, Uh, you know, but, but the reality is that, you know, there's a time where we're going to have to to turn around and and buy this market. The question is at what point, when does it get cheap enough? And, you know, because there is, again, there is a lot of value out there, Larry, we know that. So, so the real question is how much pain can people take? And I just want to be ready to, to, to pull that trigger and put money to work uh, as you know when we get to that pain point, when we start to see the, the diehard bulls throw up their hands and say, that's it. Uh, I can't take it anymore. And, and it, that'll be the point that, that we've got to really get in aggressively. And it might happen before November because the market might read things into what might be happening prior to it happening, hmm. uh, which is usually the case. But uh, but let's pay attention again. CPI next week on Friday is going to give us a, a real good idea of, of, of inflation. And, and I would say pay attention to core inflation when they strip out food and energy, because we're seeing a, a real turn. Look at lumber prices as they've gone down. Look at look at wheat, corn, uh, you know, uh, some of these other food you know, agricultural commodities have started to turn and they're well off of their highs. So but if, so if you strip out. You know the, the the real volatility that we're seeing in, in 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 energy, it really gives us a better feel for what might be out there in the next six to nine months.
0: Hmm. Mike Ozanian, the Fed is um, now stopping their bond purchases. They're going to shrink the portfolio. They're going to run down uh, whatever ninety five billion dollars a month, some such. Uh, what is that uh, going to do to market interest rates, like the ten year, for example?
1: Well, I, I think that what's going to happen is it's still going to depend on where you're going to see M2 go. And, I, you know, for a while, they were still using the repo market to increase the money supply. So while you could see that help temper inflation, if they're still going to be sort of, if you will, taking money out of one end of the bathtub and pouring it in the other, mm. it, it's it's not going to do anything. And. You know, if you still look at the broader uh, commodity index, you know, it's still been increasing. So I I don't know that there's a lot of confidence that that tool uh, is going to have any significant impact along with, you know, everything else the Fed has been doing. So does the 10-year
0: go up? Uh, It's at 290 now, 293. Friday's closed. Does it go back to three and a quarter? Does it go to three and a half? Oh yeah,
1: no, I no, I I think the ten year is definitely uh, going to continue to go up. I I absolutely do believe that. Jack Brusin, uh,
0: do you think that's? Uh, do you have a You're a commodity watcher, particularly um, five. You know, the five year note is two ninety three. The ten year note is two ninety three. Um, Are they going through 3 percent? I mean, are we going to get a, you know, crashing bond
2: market here with higher rates? I don't think we see a crashing bond market, but I do think that we see an inverted yield curve. Um, um, I think it's one of those things that we'll see over the course of the next six months as the Fed is raising rates, uh, you'll see the long end probably come in and you'll start to see the, the short end going up. You know, it's one of those it's going to be one of those phenomena that, that kind of leaves it. And, and one of the reasons, again, is because I think that we are misreading inflation expectations for the next two years. Uh, we're already baking it in the cake, and if we don't get the inflation that people expect, we're going to get a disinflationary pressure which hits market. And if that's the case, then look for that long end of the curve to probably just be pegged right where it's at, and the short end to rally right through it as the Fed does what they have to do to try to you know keep or what they've what they've created, which is this this monster, uh, back into the cage, uh, and 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 that's really. the the problem that I see with the bond market. So, uh, you know, that's and and let's be honest, that's the way I'm trading it right now. I'm looking for uh, that that spread between the twos and and the tends to come in significantly Hmm. and then invert.
0: All right. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Jack Berusion and Mike Ozanian, two old pros. Terrific stuff.